Let us pray. Heavenly Father, all good things in this world are from you. Father, everything that we have, everything that sustains us, everything that brings us joy and happiness, every person in our lives, Father, uh, comes from you. But above all, Father, we thank you for the hope that is in us, sustained by the Holy Spirit. The hope that comes through your word that tells us the story of a God who loved us enough to send his son to die for us. A God, Father, who cares about us and asks us to lay our burdens upon him and to rest in him. We thank you, O Lord, at this time of year uh, for the gifts of of community, of this nation, of its uh, wise laws and of its uh, leaders, and Father, who through the ages have sustained us. Father, we pray uh, this day also for those in this world who daily uh, struggle for life, struggle uh, for food, struggle, Father, to merely survive. We pray, O Lord, that our hearts and our eyes would not be shut shut to them, but that we would open our hearts and eyes that we might see their need and in the name of Jesus fulfill it. May all these things happen through this church as we go out in ministry to the world in the name of Jesus and amen. Good morning. Please join me in our prayer for guidance. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our scripture is Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Sometimes in uh, church and worship we're we're so... uh, uh, Congregations can get really tense about doing everything exactly right. And uh, having everything done in a very certain way. For some, if you're a contemporary congregation, you know that that praise band has to be right on, uh, right on uh, that note, that uh, expression. Everything has to be perfect. Uh, if you're a more traditional church, and we're kind of, I, I call us a, a traditional uh, relaxed church. We're traditional uh, in many ways that we do things, but we're also relaxed in the way we do things. So when we have our children up here and they're kind of drawing attention, and believe me, I never acted that way when I was a kid. No, sir. Okay. Uh, I'm thankful to God. I I say I'm thankful to God for a people who aren't so hung up that I'm not going to get calls tomorrow from people saying, how could you let them do that up there? Okay. And, uh, but, uh, but those are kids. And they're, they're a blessing to us, and of such is the kingdom of God, and they know more about God than we do. And uh, our life is a forgetting of the things of God 
they're just fresh from God. And so I just give thanks for our, for our children. Uh, Carson, uh, who was up there this morning, his little brother Emmett, uh, we had a number of kids at the first service who, who aren't here at the second, but his brother Emmett walked up the aisle all the way up here with him. And he had just learned to walk and a big grin on his face you know, all the whole way. So uh, what a blessing they are. Uh, we're talking about uh, Psalm 100, the old 100 that used to be called. It's a favorite hymn of many people. I know when I was a teenager, we sang it uh, to a tune. I was talking about that with joy, and I think a lot of people know this, more people than I think I would, uh, you know, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye, all ye lands. Praise the Lord, the Lord with gladness. I'm not singing it, okay? But anyways, uh, that was a, a favorite song uh, as a teenager in our youth group. Um, and it's just a beautiful, succinct expression of the joy that we should have in our hearts before the Lord. But I'm going to talk a little bit this morning. I think sometimes um, I've, I've, I've heard some sermons with Psalm 100, and it lays a bit of guilt on us. Why aren't you happy, congregation? Why aren't you jumping up and down, clapping your hands? Why aren't you uh, just uh, coming before God with this magnificent expression of joy? And I was thinking this week, I was thinking, okay, how do I visualize this psalm being played out when I read it. Have you ever done that with a psalm? Kind of picture what's going on here. And I realized that every time I've ever heard this psalm, what has been in my head is a great throng of people, you know, shoulder to shoulder, walking through these gates into heaven before God uh, with just, uh, be- you know, beautiful angelic expressions on their face, uh, you know, sing- singing and shouting for joy. And then I got to thinking about the whole of Scripture, which is what I like to do. I like to really not just hone in on one place, but say, okay, now, how does that relate to the God that we know and, and you know, in the rest of Scripture and to Jesus and to, and to what we are called to be as Christians? And so this morning, I'm going to take a little bit of a different take on this. While I believe this is an ideal uh, picture of God's people, I also think that we shouldn't read into it that people entering with that throng also are not people who are grieving. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Wouldn't God allow through his gates people who were in mourning and grief? You know, Jesus said, come unto me all ye who are weary, who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Wouldn't God allow through those gates people who needed the rest of the Son of God? You know, so that got me thinking. So that's where I'm going, going to go this morning uh, with this and not use this as necessarily a model for worship, which is what it's usually used as, but as a reassuring psalm that tells us, if we will keep this in mind, that even in the darkest moments of our life, there is a God who we can trust in, who is good and merciful and the author of eternal truth. So uh, the, first, uh, the other thing I thought of this week, though, was a mission trip that I was on uh, a couple years ago, and we had gone over to West Virginia after the flooding, the big flooding over there. It really had destroyed this, this town, and we were back in the capital city uh, staying there, and then we'd drive out to this place every day. And we were staying in a school, it was like a church school, and uh, a, a big place, and they had a nice big uh, uh, fellowship room or uh, fellowship hall, multi-purpose room. And that's where we were sleeping, on our uh, air mattresses. And then they had a kitchen off there. Well, I went to sleep after a long day on my air mattress. And uh, it was a young man who had volunteered to come right next to me. And I woke up during the night, 
and everybody was gone. I mean, there wasn't anybody in the room. My first thought was, Jesus has come. (laughs) And I have been left behind. That was a disconcerting thought. I wonder, where did everybody go? Did I miss something? Were we supposed to leave real early? What's happened here? They, They were on the kitchen. Apparently, I snored. Now, you ask my wife, I've never snored, Lydia, right? Never snored, no. I snored loud. And when I was reading this about make a joyful noise, I thought, I wonder if that's a joyful noise, you know, my snoring. Apparently, it isn't for others. And they all evacuated the room. Uh, They really said it was bad. So, um, uh, not every noise is necessarily classified by us as a joyful noise, But I think no matter how good or bad your singing is or whatever you're expressing, if it's being done with the heart for God, it's okay before God. We worry too much, I think, sometimes about the quality of our voices or or whether or not we should be singing loud. Uh, I love just to hear loud. I love to hear loud and joyful. And it's all about the heart. So let's go through uh, Psalm 100 uh, first, and then then I'll, I'll bring some other scriptures into this that I think will help... Uh, bring uh, a, a, a good perspective on what it means to worship God and come before God and who can come before God and what our attitude should be when we come before God. Uh, the first words make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. This is an invitation. Uh, unlike some other places in Scripture where God is specifically talking to His chosen people, this is, a, is an invitation to all lands. It reminds the people of Israel that their mission is to bring God to all people, not simply to keep God to themselves as if they need to protect God, but to expand the kingdom of God to all lands. And so the invitation is to all lands to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Let the Lord know of your joy. That you have in him. Serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, Another psalm. Psalm 84 says. Better is one day in the Lord's courts. Than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper. In the house of my God. Than dwell in the homes of the wicked. Whatever the homes of the wicked. Are offering and probably. uh, You know good liquor. and, And a fun time. By worldly standards. I'd just rather be handing out the bulletins at the door into the church. I'd rather be that doorkeeper than do that because when I am there serving the Lord, I have a peace and I have a joy. Uh, I saw that in my parents as they, as they uh, work so hard in the church. Because, you know, and people sometimes work as a, as a dirty word. Oh, yeah, they're working because they think they've got to get God's approval. They're working because they think they've got to earn God's salvation. You know, work can be fun. <laughs> work can be pleasant. Work can be rewarding. Work can, can be something that blesses your soul. And I saw that in my parents. Now, not everybody works with that attitude in the church. I've seen people who have an attitude. That, you know, is kind of resentful that other people aren't doing the work when they're doing all the work and so forth. And they kind of enjoy letting you know that, that they're working harder than anybody else. But if you come with the right attitude and you've come with the love of God, then to serve the Lord with gladness. Be happy about it, that you have that opportunity, that, if nothing else, that honor of serving the Lord of the universe. Come before his presence with, with singing. Um, you know, our, our Christian faith with this singing thing is, is an amazing thing. As I mentioned earlier, 
the songs, the, the beautiful music, Charles Wesley, uh, uh, many of the songs in our hymn book were written by Charles Wesley. The poetry that comes out of a heart that has fully fixed upon God and has felt the love of God, it, it creates these beautiful, uh, beautiful songs. Both the tunes and the words are gifts to us. Uh, John Wesley would send people out and he said, there are only, only three books I want you to go forward with. One is the Bible, one is a hymnal, <laughs> and the other is our discipline. You know, they had set up a discipline of rules. It was much smaller than our discipline today. And it essentially reminded people of what the scriptures told them to do, to be about that business of the Lord. But, uh, but hymnal, uh, hymnal was essential to the early missionaries because it was a way to speak to people, to preach to people that they could understand. And, of course, his people were going to the places in England that were famous for their singing. You know, and, and so uh, they loved music and they communicated that way. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. I thought about this this week. It's he that's made us and not we ourselves. Well, that seems like a foolish notion to think that we might think that we had made ourselves. That this, guy, that this author of the psalm has to remind us that we didn't make ourselves. But the fact of the matter is, as I thought about it, a lot of people in this world run around and act as if they were their own creators. They're author of their lives. They are the author of their, their deaths. They, that they have it all to themselves. They give nothing over to anyone else, especially to a God who created them. And so we have to be uh, careful that we understand that the ownership of our lives is not ours. That God owns our lives. He created it, us. We, uh, he, he gave us this life and he has set forward the goals for this life and the mission for our lives. So it's God who owns us and has. He says, don't forget that. Know this, that God, uh, he is the one who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. I thought about how I don't usually think of sheep in a positive way. Sheep smell a little bit. Uh, Sheep tend to be sort of not creative. They just go in a path with each other and... Uh, you know, if they don't have a leader, they usually lead each other to destruction and to a bad place. But in, in reality, this is an acknowledgement that without God leading us, we are bound to go to destruction. And so he is our leader. We are the sheep of his pasture. Do not forget that. Do not forget that God made you and do not forget that it is God who leads you. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto, unto him and bless his name. You know, to have a heart of thanksgiving is a blessing to us. Anybody who is truly thankful and expresses that thanks and lives into that thanks is somebody who is going to have peace in their heart. They're going to realize that they are never alone. As you think about people who you are thankful for and you express that to people, uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to remember, I'm not alone. And then it blesses other people. And God wants you to come to him with thanksgiving so you can remember what God has done for you. And you can remember that you don't have to face this life alone. That God is with you in the darkest valleys and he's with you at times of joy, but he is always with you. And then finally, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, And his truth endures to all generations. Why do we come to the Lord with joy in our hearts and with thanksgiving and with praise? Because of those three things. Number one, God is good. That sounds like such a simple thing. We say together, God is good all the time. 
God is good. We say that. What does that really mean? You realize sometimes if you want to think too much like I do sometimes, uh, how do I have a guarantee that God is good? How do I know that God's just playing some joke on us? That someday he's going to reverse all that. Well, I know it because of his word. I know it because of how he led Israel out of slavery. All the stories, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, every story through there keeps showing us that God is good right down to the ultimate goodness of God expressed in, in Jesus Christ. And so I know God is good. I don't have to worry about that. The other reason I can give praise is because God's mercy is everlasting. In other words, God doesn't give me mercy one moment and turn it around the next and and punish me for the thing he has just forgiven me for. If God has forgiven you in Jesus Christ, that forgiveness is everlasting. Now, God gives us gifts of free will and he gives us the gift uh, to to have our faith in him and to believe or, or to reject him. That has always been there. But God himself, his mercy is always available to us. And no matter how far we stray, like that sheep that strays off in every painting that you see of of the shepherd rescuing the sheep on the cliff about to go over, it doesn't matter what cliff we are about to fall off of, God will be there offering rescue for us. His mercy is everlasting. And the last thing is that His truth, His truth endureth to all generations. It stands forever. And that's especially meaningful in a world today which doesn't recognize ultimate truth. There are no rules. Nothing, nothing that it seems that a previous generation said or believed is of any value to the next generation. And so we discard that, believing that somehow our generation is the first one to understand the world. And so we have to be very careful. Reading the scriptures is an art of the spirit. You see too often we think it only has to do with human wisdom and you know the way we we read and figure out and the way we break down and uh, diagram the sentences, the verses of the scriptures and all too. But really it's a matter of the spirit and I really believe that. As we go through scriptures allowing the spirit to enlighten God's word for us and we study because our yearning is to know the truth, I believe God will give us the truth. And it doesn't mean that our generation or previous generations uh, abided by the truth, that they didn't make mistakes, that they didn't hold slaves, that they didn't abuse people who shouldn't have been abused or discriminate in certain ways, that they didn't do cruel things. Evil has been in this world all this time. But God's truth in Scripture remains forever enlightened by His Spirit. And that's really important to me. I don't know about you, but I'd love to have an anchor in this world. And the more I read scripture, the more I see how worthy it is of being my anchor in this world. And so it's those three things that can allow us to rejoice even when things are going terribly wrong in our lives. And that's the key. It would be a mistake to say that what Psalm 100 is telling us is to always go around with a happy face, to be what Jesus would have called a hypocrite, somebody who has a mask on, hiding what's really going on. I think God wants us to be real. And, we're, and when we're crying, cry. But still come into the gates with thanksgiving in your heart. You know, when, you, when, when, when you're grieving, as Paul said, for someone who you have lost, do not grieve as others grieve, who have no hope, who do not believe, but grieve knowing that that loved one is with Jesus. And so you can still have joy in your hearts. 
It's a terrible thing to when a church preaches uh, joy and happiness in a way that seems to discard the people who aren't feeling that in their hearts because of circumstances. But what we need to remind people is you need to let that grief out. Jesus wept. You need to, uh, to let that grief out. It says in Genesis that God grieved that he had created man when he observed that every heart was turned to evil over all the earth. He regretted, he grieved. We need to let that out and let that be part of our coming to God because those are things of the heart and ultimately true worship comes out of the heart. I, I want to just share some scriptures with you uh, before, before I close. John 4, 24, Jesus said, uh, this is in a discussion with the Samaritan woman at the well. He says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Okay? It's not the outward. Uh, it's, it's not the place. It's not the surroundings. It's what's going on inside, and it's the spirit inside of you, and the truth that comes out of that spirit that creates true worship. Uh, Ephesians five eighteen to 20, a, a, a scripture I've loved when it comes to, um, uh, to how we worship together. Paul says, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make melody in your hearts to the Lord. In your hearts to the Lord. It doesn't say scramble to get the most expensive musical equipment you can and get the uh, most highfalutin, uh, most professional uh, music choir director you can get, like we've done here, you know? Uh, you know? He doesn't say it. He says, make this music in your heart so that when you're expressing the music outwardly, let it come out of your hearts. Uh, it, it's amazing how many times in Scripture this comes out. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. Psalm 86. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Uh, Psalm 51, 6. Behold, you desire truth. God desires truth in the innermost being of our hearts. Uh, Deuteronomy, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Psalm 119.11, O Lord, your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Isaiah says in 29, God says through Isaiah, because this people draw near me with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me. And their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. Everything that they're doing is out of habit, out of tradition, rather than from the heart. Psalm 37, the law of God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. Psalm 40, this is the last of three. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. Jeremiah 31, I will put my law within them and on their heart I will write it. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. You know, Jesus uh, talked a lot about this, about, the, uh, about what's going on inside of us. And so as we visualize that great throng going through those gates and singing and making a joyful noise, look into the hearts of the people who are going through. What is the reason for the joyful no- noise? It's that we serve a God who is good and merciful and shares with us the truth of life. If we could just 
practice that. If we could allow God to conquer our hearts enough to allow that to be our, our, our daily prayer, our daily thought, our daily everything that's going on in us, then we would be an amazing church. And I think in some parts the things this church has done that are amazing have come about, as I've observed, by people who are doing it because of their hearts. They wanted to help people in the name of Jesus Christ. They wanted to be His hands and feet. They, with their hearts, wanted to honor God. And when that happens, God honors that and those things flourish. But when our hearts aren't near to God and when everything we're doing is is just for the the others to see it uh, or to praise us rather than God then God doesn't, doesn't work with us. But I've seen it over and over because of the love of people. I saw it in Lou back there when she kicked in that wall at the community center before it was uh, when we were building it out. And she came in there. We had a wall that needed to be torn down, and she just walked over to it and kicked it. And, it, and said, okay, job done. Karate Lou, she, she did a good job on that. So let's, let's just pray for that during this Thanksgiving season. That our thanks to God would be for the heart of Jesus Christ that is in each one of us. And may we listen to that heart each and every day. And amen. Uh, By the way, this is one thing I I forgot to share with you. Uh, uh, Mr. Rogers, there's a new movie coming out. It's it's getting really great reviews. I was suspicious. To tell you the truth, I was never a, a big Mr. Rogers fan when he was on TV. It was a little too calm for my eight-year-old heart, okay? I, I, you know, I like Tom and Jerry, you know. But uh, there was a wonderful documentary out last year and now this movie. But he once said something, and I think it's so simple, but it's so great to remember this. He said, the very same people who are sad sometimes are the very same people who are glad sometimes. And so remember that the very same people who are walking through rejoicing with glad hearts before the Lord in Psalm 100 also are people who at times are sad in their lives. Or they may be sad as they go through those gates. Remember that about everybody around you. There are some people who may look glad on the outside, but there are sad hearts inside. And let's be tender to each other and tend to each other. We're going to sing God of the Ages. I chose this actually before I'd really thought through uh, the sermon. But what it tells us is something I think a very important uh, message. is that we have a God, as I said earlier, who has proven himself over and over and over through the ages. He is a God who hasn't just appeared on the scene all of a sudden in 2019. But he's been here from the beginning and before. And he will be here forevermore. Let's sing to his praise. As we stand. Amen. Don't forget our uh, community service this evening. And also uh, uh, to be in prayer. uh, For all those this week who are traveling. Uh, There is so much for us to be thankful for. And I pray this evening we can can share that uh, even more with each other. But uh, occasionally sit down and write a note. Let somebody know who you are thankful for. That you love them and that you're thankful for them. And uh, that simple act can have uh, an incredible effect on folks. So that's one great thing you could do this week, this Thanksgiving week. Let those people know who you are thankful for. Don't just pray a prayer of thanks for them, but let them know how thankful you are. As we go in God's peace, uh, may we go knowing and believing that Jesus Christ walks in us. Go and be His forevermore. Amen.